We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome this week to the True Faith Radio Show. Um, um, my, my name's Ben, I'm the host this week, <laughs> and I'm joined by Cy, Bolland and Mickey. Bye. Hello lads. My Hello, my Bolland. name is Simon. Um, so this week we'll be um, speaking to a friend of mine, uh, Mike, who's an Everton fan. Um, a bit later on, just looking forward to Could he not our next... someone not called Mike, just because there's too many mics? Well, I, I did try, well, I didn't try, I didn't try very hard at all. He was the first person that's put to mind. So we're getting him on a little bit later just to look forward to uh, our next game because obviously we don't have a game this weekend because we're rubbish. Um, FA Cup weekend obviously coming up. <laughs> so um, just obviously looking back last week, uh, you, I don't think um, everybody did the podcast. Uh, si, you certainly didn't. So I'll start with you. Um, how did you feel we did against Watford last week? Well, I'd, I just hate to see a five-three-two formation. I can't think of any like successful team who've regularly used five-three-two. Louis Van Hal did it last year to no effect and just <laughs> embarrassed himself week on week until he finally pied it. Um, Continues to embarrass himself week on week, though. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, but five-three-two. Can you ever think of a team who like? Oh, you know what? Their defining characteristic was playing five-three-two successfully at any point ever. No, it doesn't. Not in our lifetime. It, 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 we used to have to play it at school, and I think we got beat like every week. <laughs> it's just hard. It's a hard, hard, hard formation to play. There's no two ways about it. Two people have got to do the job of four normally, so you can it's have an extra yeah. man in the middle and an extra man at the back that achieves absolutely nothing yeah. at all. Doesn't work away from home as well. You're not going to get the kind of freedom to to use wing backs like that away from home. No, it's just going to kill them. Um, Particularly when your only attacking threat is Sissoko, who's a right like a right winger and yeah. plays as, as wide as he can get. It's just nonsense. It's, it's absolute nonsense. It's just, just baffling. It's just wild, wildly overthinking football generally. And you can only start tinkering like that if you've got a team full of confidence, winning games. You don't just like after like a decent draw and like one 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 win. 
just go no, right I'm over the stop around with it. No, I haven't had it all, Si. It's not just tinkering this massive overhaul. Well, yeah, okay. And <laughs> I just think that regardless of the situation your team's in, like, don't do it. But if it if it is, if you are going to do some massive, massive change, do it when things are going absolutely terribly, not when things are all right. Like, we've finally just started to find some rhythm in the formation we're playing, and then he changes it completely, changes the role of every single player on the pitch. It's absolute I madness. Don't, I don't know if you can call winning one home game that was supposed to win, finding rhythm. No, but we, we just we won we a played football. I can't say two other games in a row this season that we've played well. What's the point in persevering for that formation all season and then just deciding oh no we're going to play five. when it's finally two. started to work it's, I think it's just overcomplicating things I mean if you look at Leicester for example they've played four four two most of the season like football's not a complicated game like, you don't need to start messing about like that like, yeah well, I totally sense. agree make, you, that's exactly you've hit the nail on the head that he makes it seem more complicated than it actually is by just coming up with stupid formations playing ridiculous players playing well I don't, I don't really understand what three at the back is are there, are there two? Are there actually in I'll, I'll tell you, it's three defenders <laughs> playing in defence. But they all—they all look—they all, all look confused. None of them—they're all on top of each other. They don't know who's playing where. Are they meant to be like rotating around? Are they meant to hold a position? And they don't seem to know the answer. To that the way we either, played so. it at school. I mean, not to say that this is what McLaren was doing. Was the, you had two centre halves, Mark and two strikers, man Mark, and then one like sweeper. A sweeper. Yeah, that wasn't. It, it worked at school, so it should work at, at Premier League. Well, that's a kind of ludicrous attitude that McLaren <laughs> seems to have. Like, how oh, am man? It is mental. It's, it was so so frustrating when you saw the team. When I first saw the team, I was like, "Oh, Aaron's just playing. That's good." Him and him and Tissot go wide. It's going to be more effective than any any other combination we've had this season. Can I just jump in there then, mate? Because I was going to ask. That was my next question. Was going to be. Um, were there any positives to take from it? Like, obviously, a week on no. after it, is there anything that we we can look at and say, oh, well, at least he tried that? Or oh, well, had a no. shot, think? I want to call you on your example, Ben. Your example here says Lascelles didn't look terrible. Apart from scoring, I thought he was absolutely atrocious. It, every single time he got the ball, he passed it to one of them. <laughs> I thought he was rubbish. He, he looks absolutely rubbish. Just just on the ball, though, or in terms defensively, of defensively, he looks sound. Because I like, don't like let's, let's not judge him as the next. Like he's got to bring the ball out just because a member's going. Well, there. I don't think he should bring the ball out, but he should be able to pass it five yards. Ah, it's fair um, enough. He's decent, but he looks but defensively, the air, then, so just based on his defensive though, is the obviously we haven't seen a lot of him. He's just come from the championship. It's one of his first few opportunities. Couldn't get a game. Do, do you think he'll? Do you think he'll come good? No, nope. I think it's a wasted sign. We, we, we need to buy a much better defender. Even if we somehow stay up this year, he can't be like the future of our defence. No, no chance. Just to stick up for Ben, he did say he's not terrible. He didn't, didn't say he was brilliant yeah, either. Yeah, so. thank you. <laughs> no, no, he's, no, he's no better than Williamson, well, though. So he I was going to say, like, so so we're, we're a no-go for Dummett and Lascelles anchoring the, I'd say that the back three. Would be but, almost but as bad as it could possibly get. <laughs> if we go down, I think there's a real strong possibility that our back <laughs> three will be Lascelles and Dummett. <laughs> And as in, on top of that, a stronger possibility of back-to-back relegations because that's not going <laughs> to—that's not going to get you straight back up. Yeah. Just, like, just quickly before we move on, I hope um, I hope Williamson does well at Wolves. Uh, he, he was never—he <laughs> was never good enough to play in the Premier League, and I think he knew that as well as anyone else. But he always tried his best. Like I hope he does all right. I don't have an opinion on him. Good, good luck to him. Fair he tried enough, his best when he wasn't running away from strikers because they were too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like imagine oh, just sticking actually, you in a centre half against Van Persie, you'd be. I, w- I wouldn't. Well. I wouldn't just sprint the other way though. I'd, <laughs> I'd at least let him do his, like just with the, the slightest little nudge, like past us, and then sprint away from us. Wouldn't just hoy the other way. But anyway, so that's 
brings us on to a little debate that we were having uh, in the week um, between, I think it was Cy against Cy and Dogger, was it against Mickey? Yeah. Just to warn um, you, it sounded a lot more informed between ourselves than, than what <laughs> that, it's that about. Was pro- <laughs> yeah. that, that was probably because of Dogger's involvement, yeah. I'm yeah. going to say, rather than no, Cy. Fact based, Dodds. <laughs> but yes, yeah, not so welcome on this radio show, Dodds. <laughs> Alex Fact Hurst. <laughs> it was all around um, the start of the season fixture list, whether we thought um, it's a good enough excuse uh, for, for McLaren. Um, Mickey, I'll let you fire the first shots on this one. <laughs> right. Well, my basic point on this argument is everybody's got to play the same teams. Yeah. So, really. The, the order of the fixtures for me is not really an argument I do <laughs> understand what you're going to say Sai sounds like a Harry Potter book or something if you put if you put <laughs> five hard games in a row you're going to struggle afterwards regardless of who you're playing but I'm just not really having it like I, I think these players are professional footballers that get paid to, paid to do what they do if they've got to play Arsenal City and Chelsea three times in a row and then they go away to West Brom they shouldn't be like well we've lost the last three games and we're terrible at football let's just go and hand it to West Brom that, sh- for me, is no argument, it's, and it shouldn't be the case. Um, yeah, okay. I just want to just go back to the Ben's question. I don't think I was you saying that it's an excuse for McLaren, because it's absolutely not, it, even with the fixture list, which I do think has had an impact. I I don't think he's done anywhere near good enough. Um, and I'm, I'm probably sure it's not the point you're making. Anyway, um, yeah. We do have to play every team, and over 38 games, you, there's no excuses, no matter what the fixtures are in. But I do think that it has had an impact on our season especially up to now and I'm not saying this because we've got easy games still to come uh, take the first five games of the season or first six or seven we basically had Man U away Swansea away Arsenal at home West Ham away those four games at the start of the season when we're just kind of starting again after what John Carver did to it we needed to like, at the best get a couple of points out of them and then look for some home games to, to win matches and it was mid-September we had Watford at home and at the start of the season, you would have targeted that. That's probably most likely to be our first win, if we, if we can't, you know, unless we scrape something in one of the early games. And we could have done. We played well at Man U. We played well um, against Arsenal, but we have got nothing for those games. Well, we've got a point, money. Um, and then it comes to Watford, and you're seven games into the season, and you haven't won yet. And the pressure's on McLaren. There, he hasn't found his best team because we haven't really had a chance to express ourselves. And then. You go into that game, instead of it being, oh, well, here's a chance to get some points on the board, you go into that game, you're in the relegation zone, it's like, we need to get points on the board now. It's a different dynamic, and because we had such a hard start, I think it has impacted the season. And then every time, we've had a a couple of, you know, no games are winnable these days, but every time we've had what you would identify as easier games, it's been off the back of a couple of, like, stinkers. And I don't think McLaren is very good at targeting those games and making sure we win them, and I think he's just as much culpable for not... Acknowledging that the fixture list has an impact, I, I think the opposite for McLaren. Um, no, I, what we I meant to say was game, I completely so. agree with you about McLaren. There, he doesn't seem to target the winnable games, and, and two two good examples of that are, that are Man United away and Arsenal at home. The, within that first group of fixtures, where were two of our best games of the season, really, we were, we were solid at Man United defensively, particularly. Got a point in Man United away, which at that point which you still thought was a decent point. They're not the terrible, terrible, terrible football team they are now. <laughs> and Arsenal at home, if it wasn't for the send-off, we would have won that game yeah. comfortably. We were the better side by a mile. So I, I, I do know what you mean, but the fixtures working out the way that they were was difficult. But you come off the back of those fixtures, you haven't got that many points, but you've you've been a, arguably the better side at Man United away. You've been definitely the better side with Arsenal at home. You should still have some confidence. Chelsea. What happened with Chelsea? 
we drew 2-2 well through away yeah a 2 lead Man City I thought first half were really good as well yeah we were so right. that, that as, you, as you say we've played four of the toughest teams in the league there the probably the well, was the top four from last year and we've, we've sort of definitely outplayed at least two of them and what have we got to show for it yeah a decent sure manager enough. would be regardless of the way the fixtures have panned out would be looking at those games and saying on the back of those performances you've got West Brom at home now look at what you did against Man United away look what you did against Arsenal at home yeah. Mitrovic don't kick someone in the 19th minute you beat Arsenal you're gonna if you play the same as that against West Brom you're gonna win yeah and then you get Villa Everton West Brom zero points like it's just there, that that's the period of games where McCran should be looking at. We need to start like grabbing some points out. And I know, all right, you got you got seven points in the previous games against uh, Liverpool and Spurs. Uh, Liverpool and Spurs. Um, but you know, that's the whole point. Like we seem to pull out random performances against hard teams when really he should be saying, you know what? Yes, let's put in a performance against against Liverpool and Spurs because we absolutely needed the points at the time. But how then have we not then gone into the, those those next few games? And I think just the way the fixtures have fallen. And McLaren's inability to kind of, which is it's what Premier League managers do these days. You have to target games where you're going to get points. You have to look at the whole season and think, well, what's the best way to approach this group of four games? Not come in every game, play a random formation, and yeah. just hope for the best. And the way that he's done it has allowed the fixtures to have more of an impact and props than maybe they should have done. The, the thing is, like having a group of tough fixtures at the start of the season means inevitably there's going to be a group of fixtures that are easier at some yeah. point later in the season, and that's happened. Which, like you say, with Everton, Villa and West Brom, two of those at home, one the worst team yeah. in Premier League history. Well, and that's come off the back of two harder games, which we've won. That should be that should be the game that we're concerned about. It shouldn't be the, the hard ones of fixtures. I agree. It's I the mean, easy ones of fixtures that I we're not delivering in yeah. the, that are the problem. Yeah, sorry to keep interrupting you. I was like, yep, yep. <laughs> Newcastle is, is a perfect example, though, of how much football depends on confidence. So by having yeah. those six games where we've just got basically nothing for, for the efforts essentially we got, we're got on two points I think after six games we're, and we'd, we'd had some decent performances yeah there were some shocking ones like Swansea, Swansea. away but um, and the games we had put in a good performance we weren't really getting the points on the board and that's been quite evident across the season and then you get to the game which is the winnable game and the confidence isn't there and we'll put in another shaky performance and the game where we really need the three points Yeah, and the fixtures do contribute to that and again we're going to all agree that McLaren is culpable because any decent manager should look at the fixture list and work out how not to let that happen. But he's not good enough to do that. So he's just it's, not, it's, it's just ruined. not a good manager, is he? It's it's why we're in the relegation zone right now. I, I'm not sure the, the fixture list is why we're in the relegation zone right now. It is. No, it's All McLaren. The it's really McLaren hard. that's the reason we're in the relegation zone, not like, the fixtures. I can sort of see where you're coming from. Like, if we'd had easy games, then someone like Mitrovic might have picked up a few girls, goals, e- girls, goals earlier. <laughs> I'm sure he's picking up loads of girls as well. Um, p- picked up a few goals earlier, and he might not be having this confidence issue that yeah. he has now. But the fixture list isn't isn't really to blame. But I think the story of our season is that we haven't scored enough goals, and that's why we're in the relegation zone. Uh, we, you know, we play everyone twice. It doesn't really matter when you play them. To be honest, you just have to beat them. So you've just literally said. All of what I said, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, f- football's a confidence game. The fixtures do impact it. I think we can all agree that with a with a good manager and players who, as you say, they're all paid to play football. It shouldn't really impact on them. But the way we are at the minute, it has impacted. I think that's the point I've made. Mitrovic's big issue isn't isn't confidence. It's the fact that he doesn't know how to score. 
But he doesn't know how to score. It's but obvious. Strikers go through spells, don't they? They go through spells where they bang them in. I'm, I'm it really looks like he couldn't hit a barn door. It doesn't. It doesn't just look like a spell. It looks like John Dal Thompson style. <laughs> <laughs> he looks ridiculous when he when he shoots. Doesn't he? he looks ridiculous, doesn't yeah. he? he? Just just doesn't look like he doesn't, knows how to do doesn't it. Doesn't shape up right. I agree. I agree. Apart from that one, like, was it against Norwich where he scored an absolutely mint goal? He just absolutely belted it in from the edge of the box. Yeah. That was a good finish. Apart from that, basically every shot he's had has been terrible. The only goal he scored over the last few games, last six, seven or eight games, is a pen, which he took reasonably well, and one against Spurs, which was from like literally two or three inches out. Yeah, no, in- interesting stuff. Um, I think we'll leave the... You sound <laughs> really <laughs> says after he hasn't listened to any of it. <laughs> just been sleeping in the corner. Uh, we'll, move, we'll move on from the Watford game um, and look ahead to the Everton game this week. Um, and I'm hoping uh, my friend Mike is on the phone. Mike, can you hear us? Evening, lads. Um, Mike, you're an Everton fan. You've had a season ticket for a few years. Just want to quickly um, introduce yourself. Just what? why do you support Everton? Oh, heck, I don't know. Um, oh, heck. <laughs> oh, heck. Uh, I've supported Everton just my dad does basically been a season ticket holder for a fair few years while I was at university mainly and uh, well now we're here to discuss their situation yes we are but before we get into that uh, Sai would like to ask you uh, a mystery question so do you want to shoot oh, away go on. mystery question no yeah obviously um, alright Mike how's it going um, Newcastle play Everton this weekend so my question to you is if you're in a supermarket <laughs> right and, and, and stay, stick with me here if you're in a supermarket and you know how if there's one queue open and then a queue of about six or seven people are waiting to go there and then the yeah. second register opens you're at the back of the queue what do you do do you, do you take oh, I'm, I'm straight for it you're straight in there I'm right. straight for it yeah I think that's I'm all I'm not hanging around I think that's I'm all we needed to know mate <laughs> right that's all we needed to know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll speak to you next week. Yeah, yeah, cheers. See you later, Mike. So, obviously, getting back on uh, topic, um, the first thing to just ask you, where did you see Everton finishing this season? At wow. the start of the year, what were you hoping for? At the start of the year, we were hopeful. Good players. Um, disappointing season last season. Good players, thought. Should have a challenge for the top four, surely. Top six, back into Europe. And, uh, well, now that's looking less and less likely, I it's, guess. It's a pipe dream, but, Mike, yeah, let's be honest. You what? It's a pipe dream, let's be honest. It's an pi- absolute pipe dream now. But, um, yeah, so disappointing so far. Where do you think they'll finish? Um, I reckon they'll be not too much higher than they are now. Maybe around ninth, eighth, uh, yeah. ninth. You reckon ninth? Do, do you think that's good enough for the team you've got? That, say that again. Do you think that's that if you did finish ninth, let's even say eighth? Do you think that would be good enough for the the team that Roberto Martinez has got at his disposal? No, definitely not. Um, poor so far, considering the quality of the player. When you look at especially the young players they've got, they've got some fantastic talents. They even playing them and trying to utilise them, but just not getting the results at the moment. Not getting the results that the quality of player deserves, and not getting tactics and decisions right in matches either. I don't think and that's what's cost them a serious amount of points. Do you think, Mark? I mean, just a question 
Dodzy, who's one of the lads that's not here tonight, he'd asked what, what do you think's likely to happen with Martinez. He's obviously, they're 11th at the minute. He reckons they've got a squad that should be competing for top four. Um, and he seems to blame everybody but himself. What sort of do you think the fans um, think of him? Do you, do you think there's, has he still got a lot of support there? Or well, the support is naturally going to start to fall away. The less, I mean, the Everton fans are a fickle bunch. And uh, when he's not getting the results, people are going to get on his back. I mean, he won't get sacked because Ken Wright likes him. Can't afford to. Well, maybe can't afford to. And uh, he's just going to—he's just going to keep him until until something forces his hand, whichever way that may be. But um, I think he's underperformed. He—he's disappointing when he comes off, as you say. It's always this happened. We didn't get this decision. I may have had a few bum decisions and a couple of bits of luck go against them in recent games, but it shouldn't matter when you're playing the likes of Swansea at home that a ball's deflected and gone past your keeper <laughs> because you should be sticking three or four past them anyway because they, you know, they've been pretty dreadful. I completely agree. But, yeah, yeah, un- underperformed so far, and personally, I'd be laying a lot of that at his door. Because it's you know it's the decisions he makes in matches. I mean, I don't know if you watched them against Man City the other night. Yeah. Need a need a goal. We've got one substitution left. Swaps the right back. That'll yeah. do it, isn't it? <laughs> that, that Chuck's was Coleman on. Chuck's Coleman on instead of John Stones. That's bound to make a difference. That that was a, a hark back to the Pardew years for us when uh, it was left back for left back <laughs> when yeah. you when you're losing. But uh, so he's, he's probably too fair. He's, he's probably seen Pardiola doing so well at Palace. Obviously not of late, but I thought he'd try, try that one out. Bolin, do you want to uh, yeah. say something like that? Yeah. Um, so one of the, one of the sort of criticisms of Martinez at Wigan was that uh, they defended pretty shambolically despite playing pretty attractive, exciting football. Uh, and getting relegated. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but they, they managed to stay, uh, keep away from relegation for a while. Um, with the personnel that Everton have got now, sort of Stones, Baines, Coleman, uh, Furious Mori, uh would you say that's something that you'd agree with? There? You missed um, a few out there. Martinez, uh, <laughs> Martinez doesn't know how to set up a team to defend. <laughs> Is there a question in there? Yeah. Does he? <laughs> does he think? I've been totally thrown off track by his um, Yeah. Do you think Martinez can set a team up to defend and get relegated and not get relegated? <laughs> what? What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can, can Martinez set out a team to defend? I think there's a, it should okay. be a one. It's a one-word answer, mate. Just do it. I mean, Martinez can't defend clearly. Thank that's, you. Can, can he? Can he get his team to defend? Say <laughs> that again. Can he get the team to defend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, anyone who can. Just, the players have mentioned the quality. There's no denying that. I mm-hmm. mean, they're either proven quality in the likes of Baines, Colmer, or Jagielka, or they're just obvious raw ability in the likes of Stones what they're doing in training is beyond me because they clearly spend no time practicing it you can see they're at sixes and sevens all the time especially from set pieces how hard is it to get ready for a set piece and they're never ever ready oh. so I don't know what tell, they tell do it, we, we've had that for you we've been asking that question for years god knows well so. yeah we've had one of the tallest centre halves in the league and yet been unable to defend set pieces for four or five years um is it is it enjoyable to watch, Mike? Is it you know we, we always talk about the entertainers' years where we we always concede goals, but we tend to score a lot as well. 
it was obviously a lot more fun to watch than any Newcastle games we can think of in, the, in recent years. Is it as a uh, as a fan I mean, of Everton? Is it good to go to football matches? I mean, elements of it are good, obviously. I mean, everyone likes to see their team scoring goals, but ultimately, I want to see my team win. Um, I don't know what other Everton fans' opinions are on this, but I think we'd rather see them getting points than just playing a load of flashy football. It's no good. I mean, you look at the points they've thrown away. Some of them are outrageous. Bournemouth 3-3. Yeah, that was mental. I mean, what are they doing? The Chelsea game a couple of weeks ago and the Stoke game where they were winning 3-2 and ended up losing it. It's just... oh, you can, I know Stoke are good, but you shouldn't be conceding four goals for them at home. It's, it's just dreadful. Absolutely dreadful defending. I mean, they're attacking players. I am happy to see them play. And uh, it's nice to see the likes of Delafeo getting He's a lot class, of football now. He is a good player. But you've, you've got to build from the back in football. And Martinez doesn't seem to be aware of that at the moment, unfortunately. I think um, I think Everton's entire season summed up by the fact that they've conceded two equalisers in the 98th after the 98th minute, which is just an, an absolute farce. Like, like there's no... There's no possible excuse for that. The players were getting carried away celebrating, which is pathetic from a Premier League team. My two questions for you are, number one, I heard an Everton fan on TalkSport yesterday say that he thinks that Martinez has made individual players better whilst making the team considerably worse. Do you think that's the case? Uh, Ben, can you repeat that? Because I can hear you a lot better. Yeah, he's just asking. There was a fan the other day who reckoned Martinez... Um, had improved individuals but had made the team worse. Do you, can you see any? Um, I think that's not? probably a fair point because, I mean, there are, I'll give Miles a little credit for certain things. The likes of playing the youngsters in particular, he throws them in, and in my opinion, that's the only way they'll ever really get good. Barkley's playing an awful lot of football, Delafoe's playing a lot of football, Stone's playing a lot of football, and that's the only way they're ever going to get to be the quality of player that we're expecting them to become but I mean why why can a team with Jaggy Elka at the back not be organised that's that's the concern um, thankfully they've got the likes of Gareth Barry who has been incredible so far this season which is not something I expected to be saying <laughs> and he's just he, does, he gives them so much protection without him I don't know where we'd be I think there'd be Goals going in left, right and centre. So I'd say, yeah, individuals, chance to shine. But ultimately, the team is not as not where it should be. Yeah, the, with Jaggy Elka as well, he's successfully organised the Everton defence for years and years. And, he's, and Everton have always had a good defence with him, mm-hmm. him as the leader. So there is something really questionable about what's going on, what, why, the, why they're defending in I th- that. I think Howard's probably got a lot of... I think Howard's play this year has been way way down on what he's usually and obviously the keepers are sort of the the eyes for the defence a lot of times um, yeah and I think he's he's been way below par so it's probably a lot to do with that um, yeah. I, I personally I mean I think. Howard has been questionable for a few years in my opinion and but I think the big difference has been ever since Phil Neville's gone and you used to see it when Phil Neville was playing uh, even if he's not on the pitch alright you couldn't play him towards the end because he was he was useless as a footballer. But <laughs> it, the way he organised the team, whenever he was missing, 
you'd expect Jagielka to be able to organise a defence, but they were just never organised. And when he was there, it was a different story. It's and probably... nobody seems to have stepped up and mm-hmm. took that off him and took that responsibility. And it, it's probably quite hard, though, when, when it's just you and John Stones and there's about five attackers bombing at you because uh, Coleman and, and Baines are past the halfway line. But uh, <laughs> well, that's, that, that's Martinez that's for another you. point. <laughs> that is Martinez for you, I'm afraid. We saw it at Wigan and we're seeing it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, last question. I think Everton are the only team in the Prem at the minute that can be compared to Newcastle in terms of underachievement for what their what the squad and club are capable of. Do you think Everton are worse compared to what they should be than Newcastle are? If you see, do I think see. Everton are worse compared to where they should be than Newcastle? Yeah, do you think Everton are underachieving more or less than Newcastle at the moment as a club? Uh, that is a difficult one. I mean, without wishing to offend anyone who's listening, don't but, don't don't I mean, bother. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I mean, where where are Newcastle supposed to be at the moment? Above Everton. T- top of the league, obviously. Above, above Everton, top of the league. So well, top, top half, not lo- top not half. Likely. We at the start of the season, basically, we did like a prediction table, and we had Newcastle. Realistically, should have been around sort of eighth, ninth in the league, based on the fifty million pound investment they made in the squad. There's some decent players in there, um, and it were thought it just. Obviously, we had John Carver. We, we had to put up with John Carver last season, which was like minus. Yeah. 25 points yeah 25 points exactly so we thought just get a competent manager in and they should be able to organise that team properly to, to at least get us um, to, top off because there, there are some brilliant players there but they just they don't get put in the opportunity in, in the positions to win games I think to be fair to ourselves Was, we also had Everton down as mid-table probably foreseeing around the Martinez sims. having the troubles that he is having I had them higher than most of you I think I think Dodds had them down in about 13th where they are um I think I had them top half next to us. Yeah, we definitely discussed Martinez's inability to. There's only a handful of strikers <laughs> that are as good as Lukaku. Yeah, how many managers in the Premier, in Premier League history have been able to spend 28 million quid on a striker? But yeah, so now you've got all that context, Mike. Would you like to answer the original question? <laughs> <laughs> if you remember what it is, I think it's probably fairly even. Um, Newcastle, I mean. You hired Steve McLaren at the end of the day, so you, <laughs> you, you kind of get what you're given. And uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't have put Newcastle in the top half of the league at the beginning of the season, um, but then I wouldn't have put Everton where they are now either. Fairly, but maybe Newcastle have edged it in terms of underachievement. Just you bring up uh, you, you bring up McLaren there, mate. You just want to know who who do you think who would you rather have, McLaren or Martinez? Oh, I mean, that's a no-brainer. It's still Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. So just uh, quickly, let's make you said that was the last question, but it's not. He's uh, trying to cut No, it's my off. last question. All oh, right, sorry. But um, just a couple of last ones. Um, who has been the biggest appointment, uh, disappointment, disappointment this season for you? The biggest is as a player. Yeah. Well, it depends on what you mean. Obviously, well, Tom Cleverley always gets a shout he's not a disappointment he's just a terrible footballer <laughs> well exactly I mean he wasn't yeah he wasn't disappointing because I expected him to be awful and it turns out he is um, I don't know Stones has been pretty disappointing recently just trying too hard all the time it's it's frustrating to see how much he's given away just from doing things that 
you wouldn't expect people in Sunday League to be doing passes back to the goalkeeper when they're under pressure and just unnecessary things. He looks like he's trying too hard to to show that exactly, he's, he's yeah. the level above, doesn't it? And yeah, there's obviously I mean, a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, stop trying to prove it to everyone. Just yeah. do what you're supposed to do. I mean, he um, he was one of the players I wanted to sort of come on to because I think obviously all the interest from Chelsea um, in the summer, the move didn't didn't come to fruition. Um, what do you think's happened to him? Do, is it? Do you think that move's still playing on his mind? Do you think he's he's trying to outplay the know. team? Because after the after it happened, he played and he actually played well. Once the transfer window closed, there didn't seem to be any problem. In fact, his performance put this probably went up a little bit in level. But just over the last month or so, I mean, some of it isn't warranted. The thing few weeks ago with him doing the Cruyff turns in defence mm-hmm. he never actually came close to giving the ball away everyone starts shouting about yeah. oh should be doing this but ultimately he didn't give the ball away he didn't come close to giving the ball away so if he can do that it's better that he does it than just hoofing it up the pitch because he probably would have lost possession mm-hmm. but obviously the things like I mean the one against Swansea yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not a good play could have got rid of it Gives it back to Howard. Howard didn't cover himself in glory either because he didn't need to just have a big swipe at it with that right boot. He could have just done some goalkeeping, but even so, he shouldn't have been in the position. So, yeah, Stones has been a little disappointing, but I'm sure his value is still going up. So I was going to say, won't, would won't, won't be too disappointed when we get fifty million quid for him in the summer. I was going to say, would you like? The, would you rather him stay, or would you rather let him go and just take the money and, and reinvest? Give Give Martinez fifty million. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think anyone there right mind should give Martinez fifty million. We could end up with five more Tom Cleverleys. But, <laughs> um, I mean, I'd rather see him stay. I'd rather see him stay from the point of view that. Everton have got they've got a core of really good young players. Mm-hmm. They've got they've got him, they've got Barkley, they've got Lukaku and they've got Delafeo. And they're genuinely a four that you could build a quality team round. Yeah. And that's what Everton need to do if they're serious about ever taking the next step. So I'd rather see him kept because I think I don't think we'll get a better better player than him if mm-hmm. we get loads of money for him. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Then, what, they're not, then players of that quality aren't going to come and play for Everton unless yeah. they're already there. So I'd rather see us keep hold of him. I mean, it's one of those. I mean, obviously we had a similar conundrum when um, Liverpool signed Andy Carroll off us for 35 million. It was one of those at the time. I I didn't yeah. want Carroll to go because he was such an important player to that team. He was brilliant for that season. Um, but the 35 million then went in to get the likes of Kabai. Um, yeah. Sort of. Was it Cisse uh, Gufran maybe or was he already there? We like to give Gufran a, a little name check if we can because he, he gets a lot of abuse on a weekend for good reason. But uh, We also like to give pure facts on this show. <laughs> no inaccuracy at all. So last last thing Mike just before we let you go. Um, how do you see the match going on Wednesday? Well... I mean, I don't often fancy Everton's chances, but I think we might do it on Wednesday. Um, I mean, the game at the game at St James's Park. Let's just say it was better than that because that was one of the worst matches I've watched for that, quite some time. It was time. terrible, wasn't it? Absolutely terrible. One thing happened. 
from the worst player on the pitch and it just happened to be a goal. <laughs> yeah. So let's if it's a better game than that, then I think we're all winners. But <laughs> I think Everton might just be able to edge it. No. If they can avoid some comedy defending. That's fair enough. Anyone else got anything they want to add? No. It's right. going to be a rubbish game of football, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be two poor, poor teams. We're, I, I think I already told you, we're, we're all coming down. I think everyone here, am I right? Yeah. We're all, we're all coming, well, the four of us plus uh, one other are coming down. Enjoy, so. enjoy your evening. Yeah, hopefully. And, hopefully uh, we will when we smash it. Are you being serious, Ben? I think yeah. we'll lose like 4-0 and then. Lukaku will get a hat-trick. We're going to get smashed. Well, I hope you're right. <laughs> They're rubbish. I Hang on. What? I didn't They're probably rubbish. I think we're going to win. Anyway, Mike, thanks for coming on. Cheers, um, yeah, thanks for having us. No worries, mate. And uh, we'll speak right. to you soon. I'll bye, speak Mike. to you soon. In a bit, lads. Take care. Bye. bye. Well, now he's gone. I know this, this is going to sound really harsh because he was a nice lad, but I do not like Everton fans <laughs> at all. <laughs> he was he was canny and he made some good, interesting points, but Everton fans en masse in my experience are terrible. They <laughs> the all think that Everton are absolutely class. The thi- like, their ground is minging. There's loads of radgies. I got some guy, some proper bloke, adult bloke, tried to punch me when I was about 14. When I went to a game, an away game, I had had like two blue wickets or something in the pub beforehand. What? What? And this bloke tried to punch us because I was singing on the way to the ground. There was about a hundred Toon fans all singing together. And he tried to punch me, and some there was just this massive jolly bloke just came over and like pushed him away. And was like, in different words to this, you're not doing that. Um, so don't like Evan. It's rubbish. I went um, the season when we almost got Champions League. Yeah, we were all and uh, very. We missed watching the most exciting climax in Premier League history with Aguero to watch us get beat 3-2 at Everton in a minging game where they scored a ludicrous own goal towards the end. Yeah, 3-1 and Tony Hibbert scored our goal. 3-1, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, well, don't like Everton. Um, don't want to go. Thanks for jumping straight in on that. I was going to ask you how you felt about the Everton fans. <laughs> um, but you've you've just, your Tourette's has kick, kicked in there and you've, you've just gone for it the, the second the lad's off the phone. Don't like um, them. Um, the Scouse Mackham's on, that's I'm what ju- they are. Just, They're the I'm inferior <laughs> team from Liverpool. I'm just glad you waited till he was off. Um, has anyone else got any comments on uh, they'd like to raise about that? No, I think Mickey said it all for her. Um, so, how do we feel like the game's going to go? Obviously, we're all going down. Um, we're hoping that it's not going to be a wasted trip. Bolland, I'll come to you first. Uh, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, You're always optimistic. Uh, well, someone's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, they haven't. Well, sorry, they've only won one in their last six, which was against us. Um, Ooh, <laughs> stats. <laughs> yeah, I've got more for you. Uh, when do we play them? Oh yeah, we've just been talking about it. <laughs> Um, and, their, and their home form is also pretty atrocious. Uh, they've only won one of their last six home games, which was against Aston Villa, and they won 4-0. So, that almost doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like we're in pretty good um, we're in pretty good shape going down there. Um, yeah, I don't see why we can't go and win, and win well, actually. No, that's I'm just going to pass that photo around. Sai, <laughs> <laughs> si, how do you think the game's going to go? Is this real? I don't know. Yeah, right. it, yeah it's real. Okay. Um, no, as I said just before, I think we'll get smashed. We haven't got the capability to deal with Lukaku. We haven't got the capability to deal with Barkley. If either of them two are like on any kind of form, they'll tear apart. I know we've got Shelby in there. I know we've possibly got this new left-back. I don't know if he'll be in in time for the game, but we might actually have a proper back four with a left-back and a right-back. You never know believe. how much difference that would make. Um, 
I still just can't see it. We just we seem to set up so badly away from home. I think Dodgy Lude do it on the pod last week. McLaren just doesn't know how to get points away from home. Yeah. We've been absolutely atrocious in every game. We're too negative. We're too deep. And if you do that against Everton, um, we went. Um, I sat in the box. I mean, you met you went sat in the box with Dodgy a few years ago for Everton at home. Yeah, with and Bartley just ran and the entire length of the pitch in the straight. And we, we played so deep. We played in front of our own box, and and Bartley literally yeah, just 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 tore us apart. Lost three 0 and I can just see something similar happening where we just don't have the ball. They're all over. And if Lukaku is even half firing, he'll score two or three goals. Right. Just the point on Lukaku: he's only scored one in his last five games. So, and at Newcastle United. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is the dream time. Obviously, it's when you're struggling for form. It's the fixture list. <laughs> <laughs> Everton <laughs> are playing Newcastle at the optimum time. It, right. it is. It is. Though, I mean, we, we say it all the time. We're the easiest team to play. You, you hit a bit of patchy form. You, you need a bit, just a bit of confidence. Newcastle United roll into town and just lay the red carpet for you. Um, <laughs> who's going to get the, the star treatment on uh, Wednesday night, no doubt. Um, and he'll probably bag a load, but. We'll see, Mickey. But if we're being realistic about this, and I think Mike would agree, um, the Evan fan would just hand on, obviously. The entire game hinges on whether Lukaku <laughs> What, as opposed to yourself? Because you're the only other Mike here. <laughs> um, as it has for their entire season. If Lukaku turns up and plays reasonably well or better, they'll batter us and he'll score two or three. Our two defenders are probably the two least capable defenders in the league for Mark and Lukaku because <laughs> he's massive. And uh, I think we must we must have the shortest centre half pairing in the league, surely, because neither of them are over six foot. Yeah. To be fair, though, that's not really like despite being a big lad, that's not really Lukaku's game. Like he's not very good with his back to goal. It's when he starts getting in behind defenders, and uh, he is pretty good with his back to goal. Well, it's not when he does his best best work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the only certainty about this game is that no matter what performance we put in, McLaren will describe it as excellent, <laughs> and, and we'll also say as long as we keep playing like that, doesn't matter what the score is. Yeah, I'm so sick of hearing that. Um, but I think it, it, the entire game depends on Lukaku. If he if he turns up, we'll get battered. If he doesn't, we might just sneak something. You never know. There's a few new players. We're actually going to have a left back, as you say, which is remarkable and so unbelievably overdue. It's almost a farce. Oh, not that. Has anyone ever actually heard of him? Or I don't care. As long as he's a left back. <laughs> which, one are we, which one are we talking about? Is that Let It Go? Yeah, lad? we changed our minds. Well, apparently we, had, we were talking to someone from Valencia and then I don't know where someone else came up mm. from uh, Athletic Girls. He only played that. six times okay. this season, but it just doesn't matter as long <laughs> as he is a left back. <laughs> what, watch him be like a number 10. <laughs> that we're just like, yeah. Centre no, half no, no, one's, no one's heard of him. We'll just hold him in there. Apparently he's, he's we'll known for his attacking attributes as opposed to defensive. <laughs> I don't care. Because that's, yeah, yeah. that's what we need. That is what we need though because we've got someone at the minute that cannot attack. At, we would have zero for attacking I'd, if, I'd, if we were giving him a score. But, but Haidar is meant to be that type of player and at the back he looked a bit uh, ropey. Yeah, but Haidar going is forward, absolutely rubbish fine. at everything. Nah, going forward he had showed a bit more about him. But, don't, um, rate him. don't rate him at just all. Just obviously cost, cost errors at the back. That's like saying Rivier's looked like a decent striker <laughs> for him. It's, it's not how man. Uh, the, don't join the bloody dogger troop with supporting <laughs> him. How man? Haidar has played. I, I would. No, I would say. I would guess at less than ten point, games no, for Newcastle. You've missed my point, but I'm just saying. Like when you say someone like Haidar has had some decent games, he has he really? No, he I didn't say he had decent games. I said he's, he's looked good going forward. For, has he? Shown, like bro. not really. He's had a couple <laughs> of all right runs. Like in context against Paul Dummett, yes. Yeah. That's that's the problem. When whenever we're talking about a player for us these days being half decent, it's just compared to like. Carver times and the terrible players we've yeah. had. Yeah. So, 
Hi Dora, no, we need we need better. So let's see what this what what's even called. I don't know. <laughs> as I say, I don't care as long as he's a left back. Atletico left back Gomez. <laughs> oh, factual. Fact. Accuracy. I was going to say fact. <laughs> just facts. Where's Where's Dogger when you need him? It, it's fact. But um, so I think Bolland, you'd done a little bit um, sort of looking at the other end of the pitch. The strikers that we've been linked with. Do you want to just take us through? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've sort of had a look at Berahino, Lacazette, Remy, Gomis, and compared them to Mitrovic. Um, in my just for this season, or just uh, well, this season and last. Right. Um, obviously, to start with, if you're comparing last season, Lacazette blows everybody out of the water. But uh, this season, he's not really been that spectacular. He's only scored seven goals this season. He's provided no assists for his team. How many um, games? He's played 18 games, seven goals, which is only three more than Mitrovic. So I don't think it's that impressive this season, really. Um, I've had a look at uh, so Berahino as well. So Berahino last season scored 14 goals, but he's only scored three this year. Again, provides no assists. Uh, Remy, since he left us, has really not set the world on fire at all. He so looked awful the other <laughs> night when he came on against Arsenal. Yeah, he scored He scored one goal and he's played a grand total of 197 minutes this season. I'd still take him in half. Um, not brilliant. And then Gomis is the one that seems to keep popping up. And I've got Did you, Hang on, sorry to interrupt. One goal in 197 minutes? Yeah. That's still got to be a much better return than either of our strikers at the minute. Well, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Um, and then Gomis is the one that keeps popping up and it seems the closer we get to the deadline, the more likely I feel like this is going to happen. And he's just the most unspectacular striker. Like, I don't know why we're constantly linked with him, but he scored seven goals last season, which isn't brilliant. And he scored five this year. I know he had a, a good start to the season, but it's sort of tailed off quite considerably. It's only one, oh, more, big than, time. one more than Mitro. And uh, actually, out of all of them, bar Remy, he's got the lowest shot accuracy. So we've got 40%, which is like a good 10% lower than everyone else. I, I think it's mental that we're still in for I mean... Fair enough. Before he came to the Premier League, um, he'd obviously played in the Champions League. He'd been sort of linked with French squads and whatnot. Um, and it was just, but once, once he'd gone, I mean, he's, he's wrong side of 30 as well. Um, so he doesn't go in for the the normal um, sort of profile of a player that Newcastle look for. But I just think what I've seen him at Tawanza, yeah, he goes on on those little sort of hot streaks where he, at the start of the season, he, he started off really well, scored against Chelsea on the first day and um, scored against Man U and there was a few games where he played really well but he's just an average player um, he doesn't really link up much as you say he wastes a lot of chances which I think we've got enough of that in Mitrovic no, <laughs> no offence to him but he's obviously the, the chances we've put on a plate from this season and he's, his goal return just isn't good enough hence why we're, we're in the market for another striker um, I mean obviously a lot of that's to do with Mitrovic I think he's, he's obviously very raw He's a young young striker, first playing his first season in the Premiership. Um, we, we need an experienced goal scorer next to him that's going to take the pressure off him, I think, or just a, a different type of player. I think in Gomez, he's he's not particularly experienced in the Premier League, and he's 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 over thirty. He's, he plays the same type of game as Mitrovic. I just think it would be a really wasted opportunity and waste waste of money to bring a player like him in because I, I just don't think he's going to offer anything more than Mitrovic would. Yeah. So one of the other things I looked at was uh, this will come as no surprise, but we score most of our goals from the centre of the penalty area. Shock. But um, I had a look at where where these players have most of their shots, and Mitrovic has had forty one shots from there, and Gomez has only had thirty three. And arguably, he's been playing for a side that's enjoyed better form this year than us. 
Mitrovic mm. had 41 shots from the middle of the box. Yeah. <laughs> it's got four that's, goals. That's awful, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. That's really, really bad. Yeah, it's not brilliant. Um, Mitrovic is only, the, uh, as well, is the only one to actually pri- provide any assists this season. Well, none of them, none of them contribute anything they're, else. They're not team players, basically. Who was it for? But my sort of when I was looking at looking at these stats, we've been linked to these players, but none of them are actually that much better than Mitrovic. Ah, yeah. Remy is. Come um, on. No, I, I, yeah. Sorry, I think I think Remy's proven to us when he when he was here last time. He was absolutely class. He was the difference in the team a lot of, in a lot of games. There's a, if we hadn't had him that season, we'd be exactly where we are now. I think yeah. it just shows you. Once he'd left the next season, what we le- what we were left with, he'll do it again for us as well. If we sign Remy on loan this year, we'll stay up. He'll single handed. As, as bad as he's looked, I think he's he's obviously lacking game time. I think he has to. He cannot stay there. He's got to move because if he's hoping of doing anything, getting another move after that, he's you've got to be showing something on the yeah, pitch. He's, he's a typical big fish player, though, isn't he? If yeah. he's if he's the main man, he will he'll score goals. Yeah. Yeah. I hate the fact that I want him to come back though. He's he's a Judas. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think he, out of all of them, he's the one I'd bring back because he's worth the gamble. But he's played such little amount of football over the last two years. He, he is a gamble now. Um, and then for people who saw him play against Arsenal the other day, Chelsea had four or five attacks which broke down because he was either offside or couldn't control the ball. <laughs> yeah, he was poor. Like he just totally maybe it's lacking match practice, but you know he's sort of become a slight unknown quantity. You, you say that. I mean, I'd I'd happily see Berahino come. I mean, I think we we talked about him either on one of the pods or um, might have been the, the radio show last week or something. But um, I think he's a he's a player that would be interesting. I mean, obviously it's a lot of money they're talking about twenty plus million for him, which is a massive investment in a player that's got a bad attitude. But I just think he's he's something different. He would bring a lot lot to the team. We don't have a, a pacey striker. We've got Perez, who's sort of a, a poor man Suarez he's got a bit of guile and, and creativity but he doesn't have the pace to get away from people Mitrovic is obviously a big tall striker um, target man I just feel like Berahino would, would add the pace and the, the, the sort of finisher but and, and obviously the difficulty is he's not been playing a lot this season I mean the, those three goals have probably come in I don't think he's started many games this season has he? have you got that stat? Uh, yeah I have got that stat uh, he's <laughs> only started 843 minutes this season. <laughs> how, how many games has he started? He started 843 minutes. He's been, he's been involved with 18. I don't know how many he started. Yeah, he was I on the pitch at the start of every one of those 843 <laughs> minutes. But yeah, it's just well one done, Sergio. It's, it's one of those where I think he, if he came though, I mean, obviously he probably need a little time to get his his match fitness back, obviously, and all the rest of it. But I feel like he's he's going to be a hungry player. He's got a lot to prove. Obviously, if he came on a big price tag, the be, you could say it's pressure but I think it's an opportunity to, for, for a player like that I mean especially with you looking at England in the Euros um, you've got Harry Kane sort of stands out on his own but then all the other sort of players that were in and around the squad at the time Welbeck's injured Sturridge is injured Rooney's horribly out of form there's, there's places there for young England, England strikers to, to break in the team so yeah, I agree I, I, it adds to, to the three players well it'd be three young English players that would have bought for for a change, which I think would be really good for the club. Um, just to have a core of, of British players who might stick around for a few years and might who can actually develop with the team as opposed to just the coming and going that we've had over the last five years. Um, if Remy's and I've uh, I've seen that Leicester are trying to get him as well today. I mean, if you had a choice, I know where I'd go. Yeah. Um, if if Remy's off second the cards, choice, though, isn't he behind you, Judas? Yeah. If Remy's off the cards, and as you say, and the, other, the other options like Gomez aren't really <laughs> aren't really what we need to to make an improvement on the on the current squad. Then we j- I think we've just got to go all all out to get Perino. And if it's eighteen million, twenty million, 
let's just do it. But imagine that. Imagine a, New- a Newcastle United team that would have, if if we do get Berrini for twenty odd million, that's a hundred mil we've spent this season. And even if McLaren <laughs> avoids relegation with that, he should still get the sack. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if we finish seventeenth, sixteenth, he's got to go. Um, I think I like Berrini, and I'd be excited if we got him. But where do you, where do you put Berrini in that side? Because up front, but, up front. But, <laughs> but you can't you can't play up front by himself. Left back. So you you can't play him up front by himself. It's just not going to work. And you can't. Nah, we've played our he, best. He football would play. Or? He would play as the what the sole so strike, but with Wijnaldum just behind him. Who I think we're giving plenty of balls to latch onto. I mean, Wijnaldum's a quality player. He'd he'd put he'd get the ball in the areas where he needed to be, and he's he just needs to get on the ball in around the penalty box. And he's shown in that West Brom team and how where you don't get chances, you just don't get chances created for you. And he and he's, he scored have, yeah. scored ten goals last season. He'll have service from Townsend, from Shelby. Like we'll actually have a really decent front line, I think. I like Barry. I just don't see him. I don't see how he fits into the team. Really, I and don't I just, think it would work. I think if you look at someone like Remy, who can do that sort of in behind the defence type thing as well, as well as keep the ball and hold it up. And a lot of what Mitrovic has had praise for this season is being physical up front, holding the ball up, bringing others into play. The thing that's been lacking is his goals. What we need is someone who can do what Mitrovic does reasonably well and also get goals. I just don't see Berahino fitting into the way we play at the minute and uh, it working particularly well. I don't think we play a particular style. I think yeah. that's our problem. We have random performances every week and they're totally different kinds of just football play being football. played. Like, yeah. We've had Cissé sort of play that similar role anyway for years. doesn't really play a role on the pitch. He just, just scores goals. Yeah. At the minute, we just need a goal scorer. Mickey, you've been waiting for forever. So I'm just going to skip you, Bolling. <laughs> <laughs> my two cents on this I think we need to take all these stupid rumours with a pinch of salt I know the, the Berahino rumour I'll call it a rumour must have some sort of legs because it's been around for ages it's a new one this window but West Brom would be mental to sell their, their best player to a relegation rival in January um, they're going to want a serious amount of money from us more than they would off anyone else certainly more than they would want off Tottenham and I, I just don't think we're going to pay it. I think it's unlikely that we would spend that much money on one player. I, don't know. Anyway. I think, I think uh, the way we've gone on so far this window is telling about the fact that Ashley and the club are really scared of losing out on and on the Premier League and, and relegation. I think they would. No, I, I agree. They would go that far. But anyway, I don't think West Brom would sell him to us. Yeah. If they do, he's a, he's, a great, he's a great footballer. If we can sort his attitude out, then we'll be laughing. Whether McLaren's a man for that job is another question. <laughs> I think that one, though, isn't going to happen. Lacazette... The stats might say that he's not been that great this season, but he's a he's a cracking footballer and he's going to be going somewhere better than us, being realistic. I think, I'm not sure if I'm right on this, but I'm pretty sure the Leon chairman absolutely hates us as well. Is it him or...? Uh, no, it's the... Um, Marseille. Is that Marseille? Yeah, the Marseille one, yeah. So Montpellier one. And Montpellier. Montpellier. And the Lille one and the like, pretty much all the French. And the yeah. pres- yeah. president of France. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, the, apparently... West Brom have said today that they will sell Berahino for twenty million, just not to us. Yeah, I um, that. <laughs> because we're playing them soon and we're a relegation rival, so you can effectively rule him out. We, like we should, we should just say, we should just say, and like, say that he can't play against. Yeah, us. I was going to say they should just stop and say, look, we'll not play him against you. Yeah, come and do the deal. Um, uh, last one I want to talk about is Gomez. Regardless of anything else you've said about him today, we shouldn't sign him because his celebration is a, a, an absolute <laughs> embarrassment, and I don't want to see that in any castle shirt. Dodsey absolutely loves it. It's a disgrace. <laughs> It's a disgrace. What is he doing? I think Crawling he's along the floor like a lion. lion how am, yeah. how am, man? That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want it. Well. I don't it, want it. It really doesn't bother me, Mickey. <laughs> no, haven't it? It looks a bit like remember when Hull first came to St James's Park when they got promoted the first time, and they all started doing that. The whole city 
raw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of minging stuff for football that I've got no time for. I think his celebration's creepy as well. It freaks me out a bit. I don't want to. I don't want to see it. He, he does. He does like to pick a man at the front, and you do sit like dangerously close to the pitch. That he might latch onto you at one point and, oh, and roar at you. That would ruin my day. <laughs> uh, for me, it's got to be Remy. He's, he, I know it's a little bit of a gamble because he hasn't been playing, but it's not. It's not really a gamble. He's a quality footballer. He's proven in the Premier League. He's you take he's a exactly couple of dry games to get fit when over you, this, and then over this six months. And I think it's the most realistic one as well. If by all accounts he wants to come, Sissoko's apparently spoken to him. It's a loan, so we're not <laughs> we're not shelling out another. Sissoko's been our ambassador, money, is, the lad who wants to leave and then gets booed. Every apparently week. he has. Apparently. But I think it's the most likely transfer because we're not paying another fee. I, I can't see the club sanctioning yeah. another big fee realistically when they could get away with a loan. And the, their, their long-term plan surely has got to be that Mitrovic is the, num- is the number nine and they're going to want to develop him. They're not going to want to bring someone like Berahino in who, if he plays well, just usurps him and Mitrovic doesn't play. So yeah. I, oh, think, yeah. I, think, I think we've got a good chance of getting Remy and if we do, we'll stay up. Well, if Sissoko's got anything to do with it, by all accounts, he's out in uh, Spain right now getting a sick Yera the new lad to sign Sissoko's doing, doing all the hard work Sissoko did apparently speak to Remy I'm not, I'm not making it up was yeah. it Chronicle? Really? Yeah. Oh, right. I thought you'd literally just put a shout out that Sissoko is now dealing with, uh, with our transfer <laughs> policy <laughs> it wouldn't surprise us the sort of thing it's going to make the two do. of them look good together isn't it Which was it just another want. reason for everyone to hate Sissoko oh, a terrible signing Sissoko <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah well that was basically my point that we should get Remy but you've, you've taken that taking that from it <laughs> <laughs> sorry mate. we should definitely get backed up with it's a no brainer even if he wants like 100 grand a week just give him it if it's, he's worth 100 grand a week if he keeps us in the league which he will do yeah I agree I agree I'd love Remy back is that all it's coming down to money I don't, I don't care about money as long as we stay in the league no no but, but uh, it, it he, probably, he probably does <laughs> for him it does for Ashley it does because if we stay in, if we get relegated this year we'll miss out on a, this supposedly huge TV deal just got to sign Remy. It's mental, isn't it? If we sign Remy in a left back on loan, like can you, we wouldn't have dreamed that we would do this well in the transfer window at the start of January, would we? Honestly, Townsend, Shelby, a left back, and Remy. Do you see, apparently, we've spent more than the Bundesliga, La Liga, and Serie A. Yeah, I heard that yeah. stat, but it's, it doesn't matter. We've not we've not spent any money for, for three, four years or whatever. Stupid, it was three. Yeah, I wanted four to, transfer I want, window. So I wanted to bring that up actually because people are now saying that Ashley's got to be given a bit of credit. And I'm not really having it because we're currently spending the money that I'm should have been yeah. spent I'm over s- the I'm last. Sick of, I'm sick of that 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 argument. Oh, you got to stock in some credit now. What for, for only ever buying players and giving us a squad in reaction to in when crisis. we're terrible yeah. in a crisis? That's not how to run a football club. If we spent this hundred million over the last six years staggered, we would be better off financially. Arguably, I don't know, but I think so. But we'd definitely be better off as a club because we would have had more stable team. We wouldn't be anywhere near the relegation zone if we spent 100 million. Absolutely, the last it's five a false. He deserves no credit for having None to do all. this to try and save us. So I'm going to come play devil's advocate for a second here. Because <laughs> we've done what we've done over the last few years, we've been able to spend almost 100 million. If you look not at what the, the Mackhams have done, who are now having to ship players out because they're about to break the financial fair play rules because they've spent so much money but they haven't balanced their books. And one thing you've got to say that Mike Ashley has done for Newcastle is he's balanced the books, which were in a terrible state when Shepard left. All he's really like, done is loan the money to the club. Sounds awfully like an apologist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just get, giving the other side of it. All he's done is is waited towards the back end, though. He's, all he's done is spend the money that we should have been spending over six years all in one go. Yeah, I'm just being argumentative. Well, well, please don't. Shut up, Bullen. <laughs> 
Ashley you, out. You, 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 you join this podcast and you start causing trouble. I don't know. Just quickly, last thing. So Townsend's obviously finally been done. Um, I think he hadn't signed when we did the podcast last week. Everyone's general opinion on that. We're happy he's in. Good. Yeah, great signing. Yeah, I, I, it'll only work if we get these these last couple of bits bits of the the puzzle. We need a striker. We need a defender. We need a left back and a striker. Yeah. Where do you think he'll play? He's got to play on the left. Is that cut and dry? Yeah. He's so. played like. He's had his best games playing on the left. He's, when it started to go a little bit downhill from his Spurs is when they started messing about with him. Like They played him through the middle a couple of times, played him on the right. His best work, again, I'm using that a lot tonight, has <laughs> been going down the left and putting balls in. Um, people got a bit hung up on him, cutting inside and shooting, but actually he's a very good crosser of the ball. So. He did score a few decent goals. Like Mitrovic will be better off with someone actually crossing the ball as well. And well, just, we've actually just got someone that can now play left wing. Yeah, and stop playing stupid people in left wing. Stop putting Willie Allen left wing. Stop putting Sissoko left wing. Stop putting Perez left wing. Yeah, doesn't play work a, with anyone. Play a left wing or left wing. Just like we should be playing left back or left back. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Well, that's our time up uh, tonight. So thank you for those that listened, yep. um, lads. Thanks for joining us. It was uh, some interesting debate there. I think. Yeah, we, we get we struggle with Twitter on um, when we're in the yeah, studio here for some reason. Work. It never comes up, but we do appreciate when you get in touch. We we'll try to give you shouts out when you get in touch during the day. You can follow us at TF Weekly Pod if you haven't already. You can also find Andrew Bolland at MikeAshleyIn.co.uk. <laughs> um, and on that note, Ooh. that's us done. Cheers. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.